0: Welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a couple bedtime stories. I apologize for going MIA last week, but I'm back now and I missed you so much. And I come to you with two tales of revenge. First up tonight is by Jay Adair. You may remember Jay's other works featured here on the show, Wicked Walter and Sinister Echoes. Jay Adair is an office worker and music instructor. His work has appeared in several publications and podcasts, including Jitter, You to Sleep, and Hawk and Cleaver's The Other Stories. He is also a drummer and can be heard on recordings with John Creedon and the Flying Hellfish, Chad McCoy, and Just in Time. Visit his website for more on his writing and music at www.jadairwriting.com, and I will link that in the show notes. Tonight, Jay has for us Firewoman. couldn't do an open-casket funeral. Their bodies were burned far too badly for that. Oh, David, I'm so sorry to hear about your parents, young man. Old Danny Van Bockel said as he patted me on the shoulder. I always enjoyed my little Saturday morning chats with Angela when I would stop by the farm to pick up a few dozen eggs. She was a great woman. And Glenn will be missed was a great man was a good friend I wasn't going to hear any of that despite almost 40 people having shuffled by the caskets, awkwardly shaking my hand and giving their condolences I had yet to hear a positive word about my father well, it'll take me some time to get used to not seeing Glenn up at John's auctions Danny finally fumbled out Nice save, old-timer. Anyways, stay strong, young fella. If you have any questions about the workings of that farm of theirs, or your farm now, I suppose, just holler, and I'll give you the story. Thanks, Mr. Van Bockel. I will. Your farm. (laughs) Oh, man. No, thank you. I had no intention of taking over that empire of shit. Not that there was much left of it now, anyways. There was a break in the procession. I fidgeted with my glasses and straightened out my suit jacket. Shockingly, my high school formal outfit from almost 10 years ago, the only nice piece of clothing I owned, still fit. I glanced over at my two sour-faced aunts. It was at this moment that I actually wished I had siblings, Someone to share in this awkward, painful situation. My aunts were practically the only family I had left now. And I hadn't seen them in so long, I had almost forgotten Aunt Cheryl's name. So, David, Aunt Cheryl said with a sigh. She sounded so bored, as if being forced to interact with me was somehow more painful than her brother passing away. Are you staying at the farm for a while? Yeah, for a bit anyways, I mumbled. But where are you going to stay? The house isn't there anymore, she said, sounding angry for some reason. The guest house, it's fine. I turned and looked off into the distance of the funeral home. At nothing, really. Just to let her know that the conversation was over. The guesthouse wasn't really fine. That entire farm was anything but fine. Uh, A soft and inoffensive country melody pushed through the old, crunchy speakers of the ancient alarm clock. I hated country music. But it was the station that my mom had left it on, so I left it there too. The dusty clock read 4.45 am. Ugh! Just kill me already. After much argument with my legs, I finally convinced them to swing off the thin mattress of the creaky old pull-out couch and onto the cold wooden floor. I threw on the same hoodie and dirty pants I had worn for the last three days lumbering across the tiny room. I grabbed my boots. The so-called guest house that I was staying in was nothing more than a shed my mom had furnished with a few old items that had always been collecting cobwebs in the barn. The guest house was cold and uncomfortable, and I always wondered why my mom liked spending so much time there. In my case, it was the only option outside of curling up with the pigs in the barn. I stepped out of the door into total darkness and flipped up my hood to shield my face against the chilly October wind. Being awake at strange hours wasn't new to me since I worked as a long-haul trucker, but it still annoyed the shit out of me. I averted my eyes as I had for the last several days from the spot where the farmhouse had stood. There was nothing but ash there now. The sheriff had allowed me back onto the property the day after the farmhouse had burned down and taken both of my parents with it. I'd asked if there was any investigation required for a fire like this. He had rubbed his expansive stomach, spat a wad of tobacco juice out the side of his mouth and said, what do I know about fire son? They'll have to send someone from the city fire department to do that kind of thing. But for now, you got to tend to these animals, and I'm going to let you do that. He regarded the destroyed house. Let's be honest, young man. The wiring is old as hell, and I'm sure Glenn wasn't going to spring to fix anything, even if it was a fire hazard. He was right about that. My dad was just about the cheapest bastard on the planet. I was reminded of his frugality when I flicked the light switch in the barn and, for a moment, thought that the power was out. However, it looked like my dad was just too cheap to replace most of the burned out bulbs. Grabbing a bucket of feed, I moved towards the chicken coop. When I had told my parents I was moving away and I wasn't going to be taking over the farm, it was simultaneously the hardest and greatest day of my life. What I had left behind at the farm was not something that I desired ever returning to. Even though I knew it was just a wooden structure, I always believed the farmhouse was alive. Not just alive, but angry, too. Growing up, I would often hear sounds at night. Strange, angry sounds. Sometimes it sounded like banging against the walls or stomping on the floors or even breaking glass. I would try to drown out the noises with my pillow, but I could not ignore waking up to depressions and holes in the walls, damaged picture frames, and smashed plates. I told my mom that I thought the place was haunted. Weirdly enough, she agreed with me, but she was adamant that we stayed. It was our house, after all. She assured me that there was nothing for me to be afraid of. And I trusted her. To me, the farmhouse was evil, and it wanted our family gone, and I was completely fine with granting it that wish. I intended to do so by selling this place as quickly as I could get an offer on it. Walking like a zombie through piles of chicken shit... I shuffled up to the empty horse stalls. Shit! I shrieked as I dropped my feed bucket and scoop and almost fell back on my ass. There was a woman standing in the stall. She was turned away from me. Her face pressed tightly against the corner of the stall. She stood completely motionless. Even as I scrambled away from the stall, making all kinds of noise... Her stringy, black and gray hair was matted with sweat and, maybe something else, like blood. And she wore a torn and faded yellow nightgown, which at one point was probably bright white. Her feet were bare and dirty. She was reciting something, quietly, repetitively. Her gravelly voice was almost inaudible. Where the hell had she come from? Who was she? There were no farms within miles. I tried to remember my mental health first aid training. I listened closely, focusing in on her quiet, bizarre chanting. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. sinned. For I have sinned. She repeated with a deep breath. I tried to speak. Um. Hello? The chanting continued. She didn't turn around or acknowledge my presence. I thought about approaching her, maybe you're trying to break her out of this trance. Would she attack me? I could see a shovel just inside the stall to her right. Maybe I could grab it, and the chanting stopped. She turned her head, slightly, just enough that she could see me out of the corner of her eye. With only her profile visible, and her dirty hair draped across her face, I instantly recognized her and I nearly passed out when I did. She looked exactly like my mother. Tears welled in my eyes as I stared. I couldn't speak. Someone had stolen my mother's voice and was wearing her face. That constant sorrowful expression that would never wash away. I always knew... You were afraid of this place. You know, it wasn't the place that you needed to be afraid of, she whispered. He would make me do this on nights when I put too much pepper in the potatoes, or if I didn't get him the newspaper quickly enough, or if he just had a tough day in the fields. She breathed heavily still staring at me out of the corner of her eye. My mouth hung open. Tears streamed down my cheeks. The guest house, she continued. You know where to look. It will explain everything. I did what I had to do. Now, go. Go. I remained a statue. She turned towards me a little more, a deep rumble starting to escape her throat, and an otherworldly sinister voice emerged. Now go! Finding my legs, I scrambled out of the barn. I ran back towards the guesthouse, glancing back over my shoulder to make sure I wasn't being followed by anything or anyone from the barn. Flinging the door open, I reached under the sink and immediately my hand grasped it. My mother's journal. I had always known it was there, but I had told myself that it was not for me to see. Skimming through the first handful of pages, I saw nothing more than simple musings on the weather and on who had stopped by to pick up eggs. These entries started to get shorter and shorter. Until I came across a long entry, which looked to have been scrawled hastily and, with a heavy hand, it read, I am finished with this man. I am a God-fearing woman, and somehow I have married the devil himself. Night after night, I wait in fear for him to enter my room and take out his frustrations on me. For years, I have been his punching bag. Even when our son was asleep, with an earshot just above us. But I will get the last laugh. We will see if the devil can truly tolerate fire when I destroy him and everything he worked for and burn this place to the ground. I, too, will go with it. Everything dies eventually. But sometimes... The process needs to be expedited. Dropping down to the floor, I buried my head in my hands. I felt as if a hundred hands were pushing at my head from every direction with all of their strength. All these years, I had convinced myself that the evil sounds I had heard below at night were the ghosts of the house. It turned out my ghosts were far too real the bumps in the night were my poor mother's fragile body being tossed into walls by the menacing creature I called my father I looked out at the barn the decision was quick and easy pulling open the dresser drawer next to the pull out couch I grabbed the box of matches all these years I could have stepped in Said something, done anything. But it was not too late to make amends. I led the animals out of the barn, into the fields. Then I struck the matches, one by one, and lit the place up. My mother had done something horrible to my father, yes. But she was not a horrible person. I would make sure that when the fire inspectors came from the city to inspect this place, no matter where they looked, they would find absolutely nothing that would tarnish anyone's view of my mother. She was a good woman. I stood and watched as the last of what remained of this ridiculous facade my family had created burned away to nothing the flames devoured the diary in about as much time as it took me to toss it in as the walls and roof fell in I gazed at the spot in the empty horse stall where my mother had stood just minutes before but as expected there was nothing there that ghostly memory The scene that I had evidently witnessed at some point and locked away in the dark recesses of my brain was taken by the flames as well. My mother was right, everything dies eventually. On this day, my ghosts were what died. Our second story of the night is by Nathaniel Lee. If you like tonight's story, please check out the rest of Nathaniel's work on his website Mirrorshards.net. You can find more of his short stories there as well as links to his published works. I'll leave that link in the show notes. Tonight, Nathaniel has for us... Accommodating... Ever since I was young, I've never been one to push back. It's not that I don't care or don't want things. I just prefer that everyone be happy, that everyone gets along. I don't like feeling that I could have done something to help and failed. I was so obedient as a child. My parents and teachers all loved to point me out to the other children, as an example. That had its own repercussions. I don't like to talk about them. But it made me feel good to know I was doing what I was supposed to do. When I got older, things got more... complicated. There were so many people who wanted things from me, conflicting things sometimes different things from the same person. Not just teachers, but also friends and classmates, and then bosses and co-workers, and even lovers. For some reason, I always struggled with relationships. Sometimes I'd read advice that you should set boundaries, that you should stake out your space and stand up for yourself but I just don't see how that can work if you love someone you want them to be happy don't you and if you don't have what they want you should try to get it for them right I always changed so many things for my boyfriends my hair my clothes My accent, my eyes, my teeth, my skin. I changed everything to make them happier. But they never were. It was never enough. I was never enough. And I worried about them, about me, about what could possibly be wrong. Never stayed until the last one. He stayed so much longer than the others, and what he wanted from me was so little, considering I barely had to change at all. In fact, I almost never had to do anything. He liked it. When I was silent. I learned that one fast. He liked me to be ready for him. He liked me to be waiting. He liked the quiet. He wasn't very quiet himself. He was a doer, a real go-getter. He loved to do things. And I always thought he liked to do them to me, especially He was gone a lot, on long trips. I assume it was for work. He didn't like it if I asked questions. Then came the day, when he took me on a trip. I went along, of course, even though I had a lot of work to do around the house. We drove for hours, all the way up the mountain. Then he wanted me to come on a hike, and even though I hadn't brought proper shoes or a coat, I went just to make him happy. After a long time, after my feet were all blisters and cuts, and my hair was a ragged mess that would take me hours to fix back the way he normally liked it, He finally told me to stop. That we'd arrived. I waited patiently for him to tell me what else he wanted. But he didn't say. I think I know, though. He cut my throat and laid me down on the ground. It's clear he wanted me to stay here. I bled very obligingly. And when he started to look worried, I made sure to be very dead. He checked my wrist, and I knew he'd be upset if I still had a pulse. But luckily, he smiled and stood up. He cleaned his hands and his knife. And then, he walked away. He didn't call me to follow after. So I stayed. That's what he wanted, I'm sure. My only hope for my lovers is that they are happy, that they are pleased with me, that I can give them what they want. It's peaceful here, in the forest, on the mountain. There are rains and fogs, and sometimes I hear animals pass by. They don't come too near me And if they did They'd just want to leave again So it's easy to help them Animals are simple With simple needs and wants Animals are easy People are complicated So it was a nice break For a while But now it's been a long time. A dreadfully long time. I don't want to make a fuss. I don't want it to be all about me and my feelings. But how can I know what he wants if he isn't here to tell me? He hasn't come back. And I'm getting so fearful that he might want something else from me. What if he's unhappy? If he won't tell me what he wants, how can I satisfy him? Should I go find him? Should I make sure that this is truly what he wanted? Perhaps he misses me. Perhaps he also would like the dark and the cold and the peace of the rain and the pine trees. Perhaps, I'll go looking for him, and bring him back, just so he can see for himself how good I've been. Do you think that's what he'd want? Thanks for listening, and thank you so much to tonight's authors, that's Jay Adair and Nathaniel Lee, both of whom you can find their work in the show notes. Remember, you can find ad-free episodes on Patreon.com for just a dollar a month, and starting at $3 a month, you can get uh, bonus episodes, one of which will be coming out soon. I'm going to be doing another creepypasta soon, another fan favorite as well, and Let's see, oh, you can find the show on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Scare You to Sleep. And if you have a story you'd like me to turn into this uh, creation of mine, (laughs) have one of your stories as a nice little keepsake read by yours truly, then send it in to to ScareYouToSleep at gmail.com for consideration. And like I've said before, but I just want to remind everyone, I am very behind on submissions, so it may take me a little while to get to you. But I will get to you. Don't worry. It just takes me a while. And if you feel like your submission has fallen through the cracks, uh, Jay actually sent me an email and had sent me this story quite a while ago, and every once in a while that happens. Again, I am a one-woman show over here other than Clara, my cat, but (laughs) so... Sometimes I'm I'm only human. I just miss things every once in a while. And I get a lot of emails every day. So it is possible. So if you feel like it's been uh, kind of a while, like longer than uh, you feel like would be the norm, then feel free to send me a message and just say, hey, just want to make sure you saw this story. And every once in a while, they go to spam as well, which is a, a thing that happens when you're sending horror stories. <laughs> I've had that happen to me, too. Okay. Um... What Oh, uh, baking and things. Oh, I'm so behind. It's been a while. If you're new here, at the end of the show, I just kind of decompress, talk about my week. And if that's something you're not into, then feel free to... uh, I'll see you next week. Goodbye. And if you want to hear about how I baked focaccia this week, it was great. Uh, Then feel free to stay. And I've gotten to where I love making focaccia. I try to make this um, recipe for what's called peasant's bread. It turned out delicious, but it was the ugliest bread you've ever seen in your life. I posted some pictures on Twitter, if you want to follow... Oh, my personal Twitter, by the way, is Scott. if you'd like to follow me there. I also went to visit my family this last weekend, and I made some Hello Dolly bars, and those are fantastic. Let me know if you want the recipe for any of these things. They're not my own recipes, but I'm happy to share with you the recipes that I do use from around the internet. Um, the peasant's bread again, that was my fault. It was so ugly. It really is a delicious recipe. I just, um, I think my yeast is, was too old. I got some new, uh, yeast recently, but when I made that, I think it was just, it's like it rose, but like not really. And I think that's what it was. It's only been a week and I think I've like forgotten how to ramble. I feel like I don't have anything to say this week. I'm so sorry. I'm also very busy. I'm working on Four shows at the moment. Um, this one, I have some things I need to do for Dormir o Morir, which is the Spanish version of this show. And um, I'm working on Historic Hangouts. By the way, there was a new Historic Hangouts last week. So if you were missing me last week, uh, you could have gone there. And you still can go there. We talked about uh, this saloon in the Old West, and it was a lot of fun. And yeah, uh, for if you haven't heard, Historic Hangouts is another show I do with uh my husband and it's more uh of a talking heads type show than this is <laughs> it's uh much more casual and fun and everything and what else oh uh I'm also working on this that's 3 this one don't mean yet yeah, uh 3 and then fourth one is one that I cannot talk about yet it is still in the works it's been in the works for a while but we're finally and that one is going to be um not a podcast really it's going to be video and it's going to have all video elements so if you uh like my face i hope you like my face i mean you don't have to like love my face but if you like it enough to watch it then there will be some cool stuff coming out soon uh where my face is involved and someone else's face in fact it's prince the host of the nightlight podcast which is also here on the bloody fm network and if you're looking for another uh or a podcast where they talk about horror movies highly recommend the nightlight podcast and if you go over there tell prince i sent you and said hello and he's going to be my new co-host for a new venture very very exciting uh what else uh yeah i've just been very busy oh and there's oh my god there's actually a fifth one i'm working on a fifth show again another one that is not will not be out until the summer and i'm not hosting but i'm doing a lot for it and very, very exciting, very exciting. So I'm actually working on five shows right now. That's a lot. And I apologize for being, uh, gone last week. I just honestly got overwhelmed by all the other stuff I had going on. (laughs) So I needed to take the week. I should have warned you, but it was one of those times where it just kind of snuck up on me. It was about, it was a couple days into the week. It was probably like Tuesday. And I was like, I, I don't, I was trying to write an episode. I was trying to write, I actually wrote most of a story. And by Wednesday, I hated it. I absolutely fucking hated it. And I scrapped it and thought the story was so dumb. It's kind of a funny reason why I hated it. Uh, Maybe I'll talk about that on a ramble you to sleep over on Patreon. So I don't keep you too long here because Uh, this is already, I can see the timestamp. is already going a little long, so, uh, I will let you go. And remember, follow the show, all the social medias, check me out on Patreon. Um, Patreon, by the way, is worth it. If you do like to sleep to the show, I know some people do, some people don't, uh, you will not get any interruptive ads. So again, for only a dollar a month, that's the ad free tier, and you can listen to your heart's content without any ads waking you up. Uh, highly recommend it. Of course, I am very biased about that <laughs> recommendation. So, uh, okay. I think, oh, I also made a really amazing bolognese this week and I found this recipe for bolognese. It takes like three and a half hours, but it's so worth it. So if anyone's out there looking for a good bolognese recipe and a good focaccia recipe, I have both because these two, this combination of these two things has become my favorite thing ever. Uh, I also add ricotta on top of my bolognese because there's a restaurant used to be in Burbank that closed down and they served this amazing bolognese with ricotta on top and it was so good and I scoured the internet and finally found a recipe that I think is basically a dupe for this this restaurant's bolognese and then I just add ricotta on top and it's fan-fucking-tastic so just hit me up if you want a new bolognese recipe Uh, (laughs) All right, everyone, I'm going to go, again, Patreon patrons, look out for those new bonus episodes. I'm also going to be um, experimenting with some ASMR soon, and I'm still going between whether I should put it just on Patreon or just upload it to YouTube. I don't know yet. I don't know. If you're... Let me know how interested you would be in in ASMR in an ASMR video, like a traditional two microphones, so it's binaural, uh, doing... ASMR, just pretty traditional ASMR. Um, so let me know. I just really want to experiment with it and I don't know where to put it. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go. Oh, and remember if you are on Spotify, if you listen on Spotify, you can leave little notes now on the episodes, which has been a trip to see. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, many of you are very kind and funny and I love it. So you can leave me a little message. And I've also thought about starting a new phone number so we can do more back in the day if you're new here or if you maybe you remember if you've been around I was doing a few I did a few episodes where I let you leave me voicemails and I answered them and that was so much fun and I've been really missing it recently so I think I'm going to set up a voicemail box again and have you leave me voicemails and respond to them and cuz it was just it was a blast some of you left me such cool creepy stuff and then some of you asked really interesting questions and yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to do that again and let me know again. Also, let me know if that would be something you'd be interested in, interested in as well. You can let me know on social media. You can email me. Um, you can uh, send a pigeon. Uh, yeah. Any way you want to reach me. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good night. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.